Hello again, and welcome to Verulam Sports um, Podcasting with your host, Tony Rice. Now, I'll tell you what, I'm really enthusiastic for this one because I love books, me. I just think they open up a world of opportunity of thoughts, and you can really just enhance your life with a book. And we are looking now to be uh, enjoying the company of F.J. Campbell, a local St. Albans-based author whose fantastic book, uh, No Number Nine, we're going to discuss. She's also uh, one of the great stars from our St. Albans team, the O45s, the over-45s, who were in national final action just this very weekend too. So is there any end to FJ Campbell's talents? Welcome, FJ. How are you? Thanks, Tony. That was quite an introduction. Um, I didn't really live up to it at the weekend. A bit like the England team, we drew one all and then lost in penalties to a very strong Bowdoin team. Um, but it was really good fun to play and uh, we got the silver medal, so I'm very proud. And you didn't like some of the England players dispose of that medal straight away then, I take it, from what you just no, said? No, I'm, I'm very proud of my medal. And you must be. I tell you what, I had a great podcast uh, recently with Helen Anson, who I know is a teammate and a colleague of yours. And that woman is a force of nature. And it has to be said, doesn't it? First and foremost, let's not forget, this is not just like a regional level or a local level. This is a national final that you were playing at. Uh, so a mighty fine standard. And I think it's back to back national finals for the uh, St. Albans based team there. That's right. We won it last year and we got the silver this year. So we're going to get our gold crown back next year. Yeah. And I'll tell you what's also fascinating about that great club there, the St. Albans hockey team. Really fantastic, isn't it? Because it's men, women, right down to youth. But I know one of the major themes in this exciting novel that I'm excited to talk to you about is... Uh, your protagonist and I guess inspired with your own love of the Olympics and some of our great St Albans stars have achieved gold medal at that Olympic level haven't they from that hockey team? Yeah that's right I believe the club has lots of uh, ex-gold medal gold medalists and lots of Olympians and um, yeah it's a really great club and um, my my protagonist as you said is a hockey player but um, there's a bit of a twist to it because um, when the story starts, she actually hates hockey. Um, Interesting. She's had a bit of a rough time and um, she's just really off her hockey and it's uh, the story goes from there. And a lovely in to it. Um, I must confess, I haven't read the book and I always believe in being authentic. So I don't want to come across as if I have. It's your story to intrigue me and those listening. But my goodness me, what I can gather is that you are not afraid to deal with some fairly meaty topics. The death of a sister, some bad relationships, leaving of home. I mean, they are meta themes that you play around with there. Yeah, um, it didn't really, I didn't really think about it when I was writing it, but I wanted to write something about that really frightening, terrifying time mm. of when you leave mm. home and when you're growing up and you make all these stupid mistakes and Pip is really, she's she's a really lovely girl but she does <laughs> make some really naive mistakes and she's quite an innocent as well um, and yeah, she's had, like I said, she's had a bad time. Um, I think it's not a spoiler to say that she's, she's lost a, a very dear mm. family member um, and she, she just can't seem to move on with her life um, and I think 
I didn't necessarily want to have it as a sad story. Sure. Um, it does have some sad bits in it, but it's quite an uplifting story um, and it's quite funny. And there are bits, I think, that might make some people cry if they're, if they're a bit like that. But there'll also be lots of laugh out loud moments in the book too. But isn't that the joy of reading? That it takes you on a journey. You immerse yourself into a world and all those kind of levels. We've all been there to different degrees. This is why I guess it's true that they say there's a novel in it all. Because we've all had these type of stories, these anecdotes, these moments, those things that maybe we regret. And I just love that you've got it down and you've achieved this. Um, just talk to me. Was this something that was always going to be something you were looking to achieve? Uh, writing a book you mean yeah absolutely um, yeah, well I don't know when I was younger I didn't really think that I could do it um, and then I sort of had this moment where the story came to me and I thought mm. you know why not because mm. it's I, I wrote it in secret basically mm. and I didn't really tell anyone and then mm. I just thought okay this is this is actually going to happen and I think you're right I think lots of people do have a book in them and um, and it might be just a fun silly story it might be non-fiction mm. it mm. might be a children's story um, but mine was this one and I just really, the, the thing that I hope comes across is that mm. I just really, really loved re uh, writing it. And I just had such a good time that when I put down my pen, metaphorically, mm -hmm. I was actually mm -hmm. typing it, um, I was just so sad. I was so mm. sad to say goodbye to all the characters. They've become my friends. And mm. um, I just, it, it was just gutting when I put the, when I, when I put the last full stop on the last page. Well, the end, metaphorically speaking, of that chapter, to me, feels like there's, got, there's more to come from you as an author, which I think is thrilling. Now, just before we maybe go there, let's also re reframe it and come back to this book, this uh, No Number Nine. But just, I'm fascinated by the creative process. I'm not a published writer. I dabble in poetry and have a few concepts that I play around with for fun. But, uh, you know, one of the things that strikes me is that sometimes I get into what people call quote unquote flow, where it just is emerging off my mind onto the paper, onto the typewriter, whatever it might be. And other times, because I get, because I'm very lucky to speak with Olympian athletes and sports stars across all forms. So I understand that the two key things that resonate with all of those, unites us all, is success is requiring commitment and consistency. But the thing is, sometimes I get in that flow state, wow, it's amazing. And then other times, I know I've got to have those two C's, commitment and consistency, and I try to get to the typewriter on my uh, laptop, and there's just nothing there. And I know I've really got to commit to this, but uh, you know, I find it really difficult when I'm not in that flow. What's your process, and what would your advice be to me and maybe somebody out there similar to me? Um, yeah, I, I think everybody gets a time when their flow is interrupted, whether they're busy at work or mm, feeling mm. ill or the kids are around mm. or just life gets in the way mm. um but it is important to do it a little bit every day rather mm. than you know like once a week mm -hmm. it's, it's better to do just a few you know maybe even an hour or even mm -hmm. 30 minutes a day mm -hmm. and then you've got it really fresh in your mind but it's so difficult to stop as well mm. so i just like when i was writing no number nine i found myself up in the middle of the night typing mm. because it was just there was it was just the story was there and it just had to get be, be put down on the page um and then other times yeah you you stop you can't think of anything and a, an idea is not working in the mm. brain um and that it's it's quite nice actually being someone who likes to go for a run or a mm. walk 
because you do you just you just have to get out of the room and you have mm. to put your trainers on and you go for a little run around the block um and then your mind is fresher and you might mm. even get this flash of inspiration as you're running around and your head is clear um some really really good ideas mm. and plot idea has come to me just on a even just on a jog around the block it's uh, i think it's the nice one of the nice things about being into sport is mm. that you can get that feeling from it that sort of fresh look at the world can't you absolutely and i tell you what that's really useful for me and i'm sure many people out there uh similar to me maybe just uh, just for fun you know, not no end goal uh, just dabbling away and creating i think it's so important uh, I think that's really, really powerful advice. Just get a different perspective, get out there and, uh, you know, get the mind flowing in a different uh, vibration. Um, now, one thing that fascinates me though, is the interrelationship between the author and, in this context, her creation. Because obviously, again, Pip is, I guess, a bit younger than you, going through that coming of age process. But I know some of your lived experience, at least in context and setting, have fed through into this. Because you're a bit of a globetrotter, EJ. Give me an idea of that interrelationship as it applies to you and this book. Um, well, I mean, you've got, in a way, you've got to write what you know. Mm -hmm. And so when my idea came to me, I just thought, I'm just such a mad, passionate fan of the Olympics. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, well, that's where it's got to be set. It's got mm -hmm. to be set at mm -hmm. the Olympics because um, I went, I've been to three different Olympics yes. in my life. Um, one of them is not London 2012, interestingly. Um, mm -hmm. I was uh, in, a, in a family way in London 2012, so I couldn't do anything there. But I went to... Barcelona, 92, yep. Atlanta, 96, and Sydney, 2000. Just really they, quickly on the, on the second of those, because when I consider sport, which is my, one of my overarching passions, I'm very lucky yeah. to do what I do. When I think of those games, obviously Michael uh, Johnson's great gold uh, boots, but really it comes back to me always the quote-unquote greatest Muhammad Ali and sort of setting the flame. What were your particular experiences of Atlanta? Um, well, Atlanta was a, an interesting one because it, it, wasn't, it wasn't my favourite Olympics in okay. terms of the setting. Um, so there were some great moments there, you're right, you remember them very well, um, but the actual place itself was not as, as spectacular as Barcelona or mm -hmm. Sydney, mm -hmm. or even London, I think. Mm. Um, but it was, a, it was um, a really great time in my life. Mm. Um, I was just about to, no, I'd just finished university actually. Um, didn't have any money, but um, we were there with a great group of friends and mm. we met a whole load of people out there. Mm. And that was the only Olympics that I had time to then stay on and volunteer for the Paralympics. Nice. So I was out there for a couple of months and I did some really, really interesting work at the Paralympics. Um, and so that was an amazing experience for me. Yeah. Absolutely. And again, you then treble it up, go down to Sydney, uh, just off the top of my head. I mean, I think we can all remember the poster girl of that tournament, um, Kathy Freeman, and very powerfully waving the Aborigine flag as she claimed gold. Uh, again, I've never had the privilege or the joy yet of being to Australia, a place you'd recommend. And again, just your preeminent instant recollections when you think Sydney 2000. Yeah, I mean, Kathy Freeman was, I, if you ask me what my 
what the best Olympic moment mm. ever was, mm. any Olympics ever, then it would be her. Mm. Um, it was, she was just amazing and she was so calm and mm. she was so, I don't know if you remember, but she had a French opponent who was, yes. you know, the only one who could possibly beat her. And she got to Sydney airport and she turned straight around and went home to, to France. She couldn't handle the pressure, mm. poor girl. Um, but Kathy Freeman was sublime. I mean, she mm. was just amazing. And there is a passage in the book um, where Pip the, gets tickets to that evening and everyone's really jealous of her. Mm. And she goes and watches it. And she's just, it's just an awesome moment for her when she realises that this woman is, is there in the middle of the stadium. Mm. But, and there are thousands and thousands of people all cheering her on, but she's, mm. she's alone. She's just a real sort of bright, calm mm. spot in the middle of the stadium. So it was a... It was lovely to write that and remember it and um, and just be sort of back in the moment of it. And that's great about writing a book that's set in the past is that mm. you get to go back and it's all nostalgic. And mm. you, sort, you have to look some things up on Wikipedia just to check that you got the time and the date right. But um, it, it's, it was just lovely to write all that. And there were other moments at Sydney as well, like Steve Redgrave's physical, yeah. um, Ian Thorpe, that was his mm -hmm. first Olympics where he won millions of goals um, and just moments like that you can just chuck them into the book um, mm. and weave it into the story mm. and it was just brilliant to do that I loved it and this is what I love about both of these great um, passions of you the, the art of writing and the love of sport is because they transcend don't they those memories that we all recall and everybody's going to have their different recollections but there you say it's it's set as you say in that in that precise time period literally now 21 years ago but the beauty of a, the written uh, form the book itself is that that could be picked up by somebody in a hundred years time and some of those universal themes that coming of age that forgive me if i could be so bold but slightly ballsy female lead is going to connect and resonate with somebody i love the fact that you appreciate and have encaptured on the page this ability of the livid art form of writing to kind of transcend time itself really yeah i mean you're right it's i think it's by setting it at such an iconic event as the olympics which then repeats itself every four years or five mm. years as it yes. <laughs> um you're then you're then sort of making sure that it stays in people's minds and mm. everybody comes of age and everybody has um probably mixed feelings about it there's there's a mm. lot of emotions swirling around so yeah those two things they go together and i think the olympics as well in particular mm. although any fan would say this about their chosen sport but for me the drama of the olympics is just a story in itself and the background to it and what was happening with pip at the olympics mm. and what was happening in her mm. life just before that is just it just goes together it just creates the perfect backdrop for her climax of her story which isn't all good it's good and bad all mixed in together but it all sort of comes crashing together when she's in Sydney um, and uh, I think, well, people have said to me, so mm -hmm. hopefully not be uh, too immodest about it, but they've mm. said that when, especially when they got to the bit about the Olympics, they just couldn't mm. put the book down. They were just turning page after page and they were just riveted by it. Um, and that's how I felt when I wrote it as well. I was really, I was really into it and I couldn't stop. I just love your passion. And I tell you what, I've got to get this book into my life. Uh, how can I achieve that? How can uh, those listening also uh, make sure that they get a wonderful copy of No Number Nine? 
Um, so it is, uh, if you're in St Albans, then the bookshop that I love the most is Books on the Hill. Mm -hmm. It's um, it's down by the Peahen um, and it is on Hollywell Hill and it's a lovely shop and they mm -hmm. will either have stock there or that you can do click and collect. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're not in a position to go in there, you can basically go to any website online mm -hmm. um, and you can buy it there they have they either have stock or they can get it really quickly um i've got lots of copies ready because it's obviously the olympics this year so absolutely get it any way you like and make sure you do and i'll tell you what i promise you i will and i can't wait you've really whetted my appetite final quick question before i let you go again coming back to me as a i wouldn't say aspiring author but just somebody who just you know again just for the sheer joy of getting stuff out of the soul um it strikes me there, just from your little review of that wonderful St. Albans Baseball stuff, that this is a massive aspect of your life, the reading of books, the appreciation for literature. Uh, literature. When you were going through this process of writing No Number Nine, were there any books in particular that you were having as bedtime reading or that were kind of feeding in to this uh, great work? Um, yeah, loads. And I, I read read a lot. I think most good writers do read a lot. Um, and when I was writing this one, I was kind of looking around for a particular kind of book. Um, and a lot of it was to do with sort of inspirational stories or mm -hmm. stories mm -hmm. of growing up and maybe with a little bit of sport intertwined mm -hmm. in it. Um, so I really love The Power of One by Bryce Courtney, which is about a young boxer growing up in South Africa and that's super inspirational and it actually made it into the book as well as a sort of cultural reference um, and I also love Gold which is by Chris Cleave and that's about cyclists mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. and he's an amazing author he actually trained with an, the Olympic cycling team in order to get that sort of feeling um, and then one more, let me think of another one. Um, Bear Town is very good as well. And again, with the sporting theme, that's um, about a ice, young ice hockey team. Mm -hmm. um, and that really inspired me to sort of know that I could write a book that was about sport, but also about the people who play sport mm -hmm. and the passion and the hard work and the determination. Um, so those those three books were really inspirational at the time that I was writing no number nine and if you like books like no number nine then you might like those three as well well what can i tell you ej campbell you have inspired me i really appreciated your time and your company just in closing uh remind me once again of that rather quaint say albans based bookshop and then the other options available of which there are myriad to ensure that i personally and those listening will get no number nine into their lives Books on the Hill in Hollywell on Hollywell Hill, um, and then any online bookshop. So you can go to Waterstones mm -hmm. or anywhere you like and click and collect, and it'll be it'll be there. Perfect. I'm certainly getting on the case. Thank you once again, and I truly wish you well with this. And I suspect very strongly that there are even more exciting novels in our near future coming from local St Albans-based author F. J. Campbell. Thank you again. Thank you.